The Homeland Security Department is hell-bent on customer experience. In fact, it's establishing a customer experience directorate this month. This comes after the department met a goal to reduce the amount of time the public spends accessing its services by 20 million hours over the past year. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday spoke with DHS Chief Information Officer Eric Heisen. A year ago, we, in line with President Biden's executive order on customer experience, set a pretty aggressive target of eliminating 20 million of the 190 million hours of administrative burden that we place on the public every year um, measured by the Paperwork Reduction Act. And so we broke that target down by our uh, agencies and offices in accordance to the amount of paperwork and forms that they put out and worked to put out a series of guides and best practices on how uh, our agencies could work to meet that goal, whether that was moving forms online or to mobile devices, reusing information we already have, simplifying the amount of information that we collect, And I I was thrilled with the results. We exceeded our goal of 20 million hours by May 30th, which the number is impressive, but what matters much more to me is the impact that that has on people that are going through our services, that this is time that is back in the hands of disaster survivors, of travelers. One of our significant examples is streamlining the credentialing process for transportation workers. So that's people that are working to keep our transportation system safe spending less time filling out paperwork for credentials with us, more time actually on the job. The work has been been great so far. And what, what's impressed me is how the community across the department viewed this as an, an opportunity not to hit some arbitrary target coming down from headquarters, but to embrace the, the intent. The Paperwork Reduction Act is a decades-old law, and our employees, both in the IT, legal, uh, regulatory, and other communities across DHS that implement it, all are doing so for the right reasons, and they found this is an incredible opportunity to, to really meet the intent of why they do these jobs, why this law exists, and do right by the people that we serve. So I've been thrilled with the results so far. Our goal is that this becomes an ongoing part of our work across the department and that we, in addition to the target, set out a series of practices that we expect all parts of DHS to hit as they are um, developing new forms and applications. And so we are going to continue to build on this progress uh, so that uh, this becomes an enduring part of our department's way of doing business. Yeah, and in in some ways, it just seems like little simple things adding up to this 20 million hours when you talk about pre-populating forms, streamlining certain, certain types of paperwork, digitizing certain types of paperwork. How heavy of a lift was this to get this across the line on the back end? Did it take a lot of investments or was it just a simple way of getting people to maybe think a little bit differently or just doing some simple changes on the, on the back end of some of these systems? This really was a tremendous lift by both our teams across the department, but also by our interagency partners. And critically, all of this feeds into the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, or OIRA, in OMB. And uh, they were just outstanding partners to us in that they run the review process for every one of these changes that we submit. And so we massively increased their workload in a way that they could have been pretty unhappy with us about. And instead, they came to the table in a real true spirit of partnership to do right by the people that we serve. They embraced the extra work on their end. Our teams embraced the effort here. So while it, it can be a lot of little things that add up, it also adds up as many things in government do to uh, just a lot of effort to actually do uh, and appropriately handle what should be pretty basic work. 
Got it. And so what's next? Is there a new goal for next year? Are there specific projects that you're looking at going forward to build off of this? Yeah, so we are still looking at whether we're going to set an ongoing target, and I would love to see that total number of burden hours continue to drop year over year, but we're still figuring out exactly what that will look like. And also, uh, we're focused on making a lot of these practices durable long-term, and then this gave us one really clear measure of uh, what we're doing to improve customer experience, but we know that there are also a lot of things that aren't quite measured quite so easily, right? So the experience that you have going through a TSA checkpoint, whether you feel respected, calm, understanding of what's happening and why at each stage, um, how you feel when you're going through complex application processes for things like disaster assistance or immigration benefits. So we're continuing to identify what our key services that we're focused on improving are and working with our agencies and offices on plans that will not only continue to reduce burden, but improve the customer experience in other ways and also strengthen our national security mission. And yeah, I mean, it seems as if there's always kind of these long poles in the tent uh, for DHS when you look at USCIS uh, immigration forms or the TSA checkpoint experience or things like that. What's your role up at the CIO's office at headquarters in helping the components moving forward, addressing some of these CX issues that have been kind of there for for many years, and I'm I'm sure, and there have been efforts to address them, and there's been progress. But what what are, what are you looking at from headquarters and the the support role that you play? Absolutely, and that, that's always the question at DHS. It's what do you do at headquarters? What is best handled uh, at the agencies and offices? We are establishing uh, this month our permanent customer experience directorate, which will be under my office. We've got some great talent already there, and are uh, building that out pretty aggressively. We're pleased to have support from OMB to fully fund that office in the 2024 president's budget that is under consideration. And what we are doing as we're standing that up is uh, sort of charting a new model for what a department level customer experience focus looks like. I look a lot at the Department of Veterans Affairs as a leader in customer experience over the last several years with what they've done building out a veterans experience office uh, and uh, what they've done under their CIO shop. Uh, but uh, critically, when you look at the VA versus DHS, they have a very different type of uh, customer base. They serve veterans, right? And it makes sense to have a large centralized customer experience shop, uh, which they've done a great job of building out. For us, we serve travelers, businesses, disaster survivors, immigrants, state and local law enforcement partners, so many other types of customers across DHS. So what we're going to have at a department level will inherently look a little different. What we're thinking about doing, and we're still working through these plans with our agencies, is focusing on building a culture and capacity for improving customer experience across DHS, ensuring that each of our agencies are setting aggressive targets for improving their customer experience and making sure that we are measuring that and reporting on it appropriately. And then also looking at those services that we offer at the department level that interact across multiple parts of the department and with other departments. 
And so on some of those things will play a larger role at the department level versus on something that is entirely within uh, the domain of, say, FEMA. So a great example there uh, is trusted traveler programs. This was something that our Homeland Security Advisory Council recommended to the secretary a few months ago that we look at how we can better integrate TSA PreCheck, uh, CBP Global Entry, and other programs. The TSA and CBP teams do, do great work there. But what we are finding is that we're able to jump in at a department level and help align each of their respective efforts towards the overall traveler journey and experience. And so we are playing a more active role in something like that, which touches multiple DHS agencies, than we are necessarily with FEMA as they are transforming the experience of an individual disaster survivor applying for assistance. They've really got the lead and will support them as they need versus something like Trusted Traveler, where we're playing a more active role, although still the ultimate work gets done in our, our agencies. Eric Heisen, Homeland Security Chief Information Officer, speaking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. We continue with more of our interview with the Homeland Security Department's Chief Information Officer, Eric Heisen, about the Customer Experience Directorate just established by Homeland Security and led by former U.S. Digital Service official Dana Chisnell. Dana, who was an absolute steal for us to get at the department, as she is someone who I've had the pleasure of working with now for over a decade, was one of my fellow co-founding members of the U.S. Digital Service, and even before that, literally wrote the book on design in civic and public sector systems. So what we're finding as we bring on CX professionals through that hiring initiative and other efforts is that there is far more work to go around uh, than we can support right now. So certainly looking at how we structure and specialize in different areas longer term, but right now we've got a great team of folks on board who have come from different parts of the private sector, uh, different parts of federal government, and are just bringing this incredible set of experiences with different types of customers and how their prior agencies have, have worked to serve them and helping us build out what this will look like at DHS. Everyone is pulling double or triple duty on different projects, as any startup team always does, uh, and we're excited to mature that uh, over time. And do you think that those folks will be, you know, a little bit like a digital service type thing where they'll go and work on a specific project that's high priority for a temporary amount of time? Or do you have any initial thoughts there? Some of that, certainly. And obviously, we've got a lot of experience uh, with that from my prior role standing up the digital service team at DHS. But what I'm also really excited about, what Dana and I spend a lot of time talking about as well, is how do we build process and culture of CX department-wide. This was something that early in USDS, we didn't think about as much. We thought we're just the SWAT team. We're jumping in to focus on a couple of high-priority projects. And it took some time for us to realize we need to be focused on building out practice across the government in this work. How do we build out procurement, hiring, better IT governance, all of these things that uh, sort of came over time. So we're eager to start from that perspective with CX. So the team will be looking at how do we incorporate good CX into our IT governance policies and processes across the department when we are reviewing an IT program for an architecture review? How are we also looking at their UX? 
at the same time. What do we need to be doing to build CX skill sets across our workforce? Can we offer up new training programs for CX professionals, but also for anyone who's touching our customer-facing efforts? great example there is some of what FEMA has done on what they, they'll call dog fooding, where everyone uh, needs to eat their own dog food. Administrator Criswell took their entire executive core and said, everyone needs to understand what it's like to apply for benefits from our agency. So try filling out the form or watch someone trying to apply. That's the type of practice that we want to institutionalize department-wide. So they'll have some of that project focus, but also be looking at some of those department-wide efforts that can better build a CX into the way we operate. Got it. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of approaching it. I mean, maybe the next step is undercover boss where you have the TSA administrator go through a checkpoint without uh, anyone realizing. Uh, well, there's the great great story uh, from former Secretary Jay Johnson's days that he did exactly that at BWI. And he uh, actually worked the checkpoint for a day, I believe, and no one recognized him. And then he told a traveler at the end, oh, if you think I'm your, your officer, I'm actually the Secretary of Homeland Security. And the traveler said, oh, well, uh, good for you young man. But cer certainly some of that is baked into uh, the history of the department and presents a lot of good opportunities. Wow. Yeah, that's a great story. All right. Um, you know, I, I wanted to just change the gears a little bit and follow up on something that was brought up during the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee yep. hearing earlier this month. The Non-Recurring Expense Fund, kind of a boring name, but seems like a pretty big deal for DHS as yes. a modernization fund. Can you tell us a little bit about how that might work or maybe it already is being worked? Absolutely. So the NEF, which we, we struggled to find a good acronym for, uh, no one really wants to be saying NEF all around, but was something we were really excited to get authority from Congress in the 2022 budget enactment that lets us take a portion of expiring funds every year and utilize them for IT modernization and to improve our facilities, which is another critical priority of Secretary Mayorkas. We have been asking since 2017, when Congress passed the Modernizing Government Technology Act, for authority to establish our own IT working capital fund as envisioned by that act, uh, in addition to utilizing the government-wide technology modernization fund. And so it took a little while, as things can, in the budget process, but we got that authority with the NEF. And we are uh, really excited by it. It's, it's a small start, right? It takes time for funds to work their way through and ultimately expire and move into something like this. But the process that we're setting up uh, in partnership with our chief financial officer is to look at projects that we'll be sourcing from across the DHS IT community and ultimately reviewing through our DHS CIO council that do one of three things that tangibly address cybersecurity deficiencies in legacy systems that improve projects that improve the experience our employees have doing their jobs that make them more effective and improve the quality of their work life and also projects as we've been talking about all day today that improve the experience of uh, our customers and so Still early, uh, we are uh, about to solicit applications for the first tranche of projects on the IT side, but it's something that I am hopeful will be a very significant tool for us in our IT modernization journey for years to come. 
Got it. That's a great overview. I think you said in the hearing it's a 50-50 split between IT modernization and facilities modernization. Do you have a number you can share on how much money is in there today? I don't yet. It's a small start. Still working with our CFO team to understand exactly what this is going to look like for us over time. Our goal is to fund the initial round of projects by the end of the year. So uh, certainly would expect to be talking more about what those would look like probably in the fall timeframe. Are you hopeful that this will be something like the TMF for DHS going forward? Because I think there's been some consternation in Congress about DHS specifically dipping into the TMF. Well, I, I wouldn't call it consternation. I think we have learned through our ongoing partnership with, with our uh, our colleagues on the Hill that we need to clearly justify and document for our appropriators how we are using the TMF versus how we are using their appropriated funds. And when we've struggled to do that, they have justifiably asked us questions. And so we're going to continue to aggressively use the TMF. We're still using it for our Southwest border technology modernization effort, uh, along with modernizing the Homeland Security Information Network. And I am looking forward to continuing to do so. Uh, I think the NEF will give us an additional avenue as well. And I think we will find over time what's a good fit for that, what's a good fit for the TMF. In every case, though, our goal is clarity and, and complete transparency with the Hill and with our other oversight partners on how we are using different sources of funds and why each of them are necessary to add up to delivering on modernization projects. Great. Well, you know, Anything else to add at the end here? I know you're working the IT modernization strategy. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, we'll be putting out the updated DHS IT strategic plan probably around September before the end of the fiscal year when our current plan expires. And uh, I don't think it will have many surprises if you're you're listening to what I and my colleagues are saying about our priorities to strengthen customer experience, to continue to lead the rest of the federal government by example in our own cybersecurity practices to responsibly leverage artificial intelligence and emerging technologies to advance our missions, better leverage data as a strategic asset. I don't think you'll see many surprises there, but it will codify a lot of that shift that we have made over the last couple of years to make sure that that's laying the foundation for our IT strategy going forward. Homeland Security Chief Information Officer Eric Heisen speaking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday.